Titan spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. Hello and welcome to the 221st Annual Subliminal Perception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory. Bullshit, my name is Cody. I'm Jeremiah Powell. Phil, how are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Not doing too bad. Another fabulous work week. Uh, about the same as usual. Yeah, pretty much. I had, uh, well, not really interesting. It was interesting for me, but I had a little uh, of fun this weekend uh, going to pick up food. I was going to talk about. All right, let's hear it. So hanging out at my brother's house, uh, we were watching NFL, kind of getting hungry, wanted to go pick up some food. We saw a commercial for Pizza Hut, and of course, the subliminal fucking messages you know, <laughs> popped into our heads, and we wanted to get the, uh, they've got something new, they call it uh, the Melt. Yep. I don't know if you've seen a commercial I've, for I've it. I've seen the commercial. Yeah, so I'll get into, get into what that is in a minute here, but it uh, turns out the Pizza Hut that we went to wasn't like the normal Pizza Hut. That you you know the wing stop one. We yep. went to the old style like red roof one. Have you uh, seen any of those around lately? Um, not many of them, but I know there is a couple. Yeah, so walked in. It's the red roof style. It has seating. It has the sad little arcade. All of that shit, right? All the s- stupid little things on the wall. Yeah, the it stu- was maybe the s- the saddest fucking <laughs> thing I've seen in my entire life. What's that? The just the inside of that Pizza Hut, ah. the people working there, the situation that they were working in. Basically, instead of like a, they didn't have any waiters or waitresses in there. Uh, the server station was turned into a Grubhub pickup location. <laughs> basically, <laughs> it, you know, obviously those old Pizza Huts are like, I don't know if it was just where we grew up, but that's like a keystone memory of our childhood. Definitely. Yeah, they've been getting rid of those. And the ones that are still around, they really need to get rid of. Uh, There was (laughs) the dude making pizzas in there. I don't mean to make fun of people. I just, you know, I have to mention this. He could have either been 28 or 68. He's got (laughs) either. It was one of those guys you can tell has been working there since high school. And it was just a sad situation. Yeah, I don't I don't know why Pizza Hut's been falling off, but it just. I don't know. It just doesn't seem to be. I heard the other pizza chains beating him. Like, I don't really know what's happening to him. Well, they're so low quality. Um, you kind of need to actually eat it every once in a while to realize, like, why you don't go there anymore. Kind of like Little Caesars. It's the same situation. Okay. You need to have Little Caesars every once in a while to know why you don't eat it. Okay. Pizza is better than Little Caesars. I would argue against that. Really? I do not think it's getting bad. Yeah. Also, too. So I mentioned we got the the melts, those melt things. Yeah. So you do you remember the Pizzones, which is Pizza Hut's calzone? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 A calzone, basically just a pizza like flipped over on itself into like a half moon. So they got rid of those, but what they have now is a melt, which looks like all it is is just half of the crust 
like with the sides folded over into like looking like a quarter instead of a half. <laughs> so it's like the shrinkflation thing. Ah, it's the same okay. price as a Pizone used to be, but it's half the size now. Inflation's even hitting Pizza Hut hard, huh? Definitely. And I came to realize that I am far too old to be eating junk food like that. Yeah. Because I had <laughs> some of the worst indigestion. Like, I ended up having to leave my brother's house. I was like, dude, I got to go. Like, I can't <laughs> be responsible for what happens to your bathroom. Yeah. And I could tell from the sounds coming from his throat. He was, he was in there, too. To destroy his own commode. Yeah. Yeah. It. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were just having heartburn, but you had the shits, huh? Um, <laughs> oh, no. It was the full on. It full was. On. It got the full effect. The full Pizza Hut effect. You are... 38 years old you need to start carrying some sort of antacid with you at all times yeah oh yeah i honestly it's been a good run you know a lot of uh a lot of dudes a lot younger than me you know there's i eat not great food i really do need to start eating salads and more stuff like that (laughs) less pizza hut yeah Uh, it was just I just couldn't believe it. It was like walking into a time machine or a t- well, like a time capsule of just sadness. Uh, <laughs> uh, just just the whole situation. Just the saddest thing I've seen in a while. It also makes you glad that you have like big boy job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And not pizza slot job, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can tell about my weekend real quick because it does involve sadness as well. Um, ah. So <laughs> it was... It was a friend's kind of birthday party-ish thing, but it was at, they were hanging out at a casino. Now, you've been to the casino here. It's a very lovely casino. This was a casino I had never been at before, and I was, you know, I'm not a big gambler, but I was like, you know what, fuck it, I'll play some slots or whatever. And you get in there, there is not a single slot machine in the building, it is nothing but poker, blackjack, um, I can't remember what the other one is, and just card games, uh, and I don't particularly like playing those. They had uh, this shit called, um, I think it's Baccarat or something like that. Uh, that Baccarat. was Baccarat, yeah. It was pretty easy to play, but, you know, I don't, you just didn't feel good about it. You didn't feel good about winning. Yeah, you are a fan of the roulette. Do they have roulette tables in there? No, this shit's illegal in Minnesota. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's weird. The, I thought you were going to say it was a pachinko. (laughs) (laughs) All you heard was little balls, like the Plinko game. Yeah. Price is right. Yeah. Just little balls falling down and hitting wooden pegs. (laughs) <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. There's just like fucking a hundred goddamn blackjack and poker tables and just, I don't know. It There's, was, you know, the clientele was kind of questionable. Um, yep. Yeah, I I can say I don't think I'm going back. There is nothing better than a bad casino. Well, casino where you're sure that you walk through the wrong door and you're either going to see someone getting their fingers broken with a hammer or <laughs> a fucking a cockfight. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a cockfight might have been more interesting than <laughs> what was going on in that casino. <laughs> to be Sad honest. old people. <laughs> I mean, they did have horse racing, so I guess that uh, 
if you wanted some animal cruelty, you got you got horse and probably dog racing. So there's that. But uh, you know, I <laughs> I think that's enough sadness for today, Phil. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say you parlay on on which horse gets put down after the race. <laughs> I wonder if you can bet on which horse gets shot at the end of the. The which jockey gets shot and which horse gets shot at the end of the race. <laughs> the winning jockey and the losing horse both get shot. <laughs> yeah. The jockey gets drawn and quartered by the winning horse. That should be the that should be the stakes of the horse race. Um but just to spice it up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure more people would watch horse racing then. But uh uh anyway, are you ready to get into this week's episode, Phil? Yeah, said it. All right. On this week's episode of Sub D, we will be delving into a story about an inanimate object that has captivated the paranormal world for a very long time. This inanimate object that I am referring to is known as Annabelle the Doll, which was kept locked away in Ed and Lorraine Warren's museum protecting humanity from the evil presence that resides within it. But the real question we want to find out on today's episode, is there some malicious apparition contained within this doll? Or is it nothing more than an elaborate hoax? Now, we've obviously spoken at length on, well, our, I assume our feelings on Ed and Lorraine Warren, um, have has your mind changed at all over this last four years? I, mm, I definitely think that they believed in what they were doing. Okay, um, all right. Though, of course, there was a pretty decent financial aspect to the whole thing. <laughs> you know, yeah, you, so yeah. were they complete charlatans? Is anyone is any charlatan one hundred percent a charlatan? You know, one of those questions. Uh, I don't know. I I think so, right? I mean, don't they realize well, they're a con person? Deep down inside, I think they know that they're a con person, but they start believing their own bullshit, I believe. So, ah, okay. most con artists. Yeah, yeah, okay. The Donald Trump effect, kind of kind of thing. Yeah, what's the, not Chris Angel, what's the, <laughs> the psychic guy who would cold read audiences John Edwards. on TV? John Edwards. John Edwards. Yeah, that guy. Basically, that situation. Yeah. Um, we're going to be talking about someone who I think fits perfectly into this category by the name of Zach Baggins. Um, we're... Ah. <laughs> yeah. He is kind of like <laughs> the modern day Ed and Lorraine Warren, in my mind, uh, mixed with a little bit of... Uh, <laughs> who is the guy who had like the Circus of Freaks? Uh, P.T. Oh. Barnum, P.T. Barnum, <laughs> P.T. Barnum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you were to like make a love child out of the three of them people, that is Zach Baggins, in my opinion. But uh, anyway. definitely. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's interesting about kind of the origin story of Annabelle that we're going to go into detail here is we have to keep in mind this story is completely told secondhand by the Warrens after they received the doll. But to their credit, we're going to give them a little credit, their story has remained the same over a long period of time, which I don't know if that gives it more credibility, but at least they 
stuck to their guns. Now, Hmm. the story all begins with a 28-year-old nurse believed to be named Donna, although that is not confirmed, who lived in Hartford, Connecticut. The Warrens had kept her name anonymous for quite a long time, apparently to protect her identity. The year is 1970, and it is Donna's birthday. Donna's mother decided to give her a three-foot-tall Raggedy Ann doll for her birthday, which I can only imagine for a 28-year-old woman surely must have been quite a weird birthday gift to receive, wouldn't how would you feel if on your 28th birthday, your mom gave you a Raggedy Andy doll? You know, Ma, Camaros are only about $2,800. Yeah. You could have yeah. given me one of those. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking A, man. I just, th- I mean, just from the get off, I I don't know. This just seems like that, out of this whole story, I feel like that part seems the most unbelievable. <laughs> That someone gave a 28-year-old working professional a fucking doll. <laughs> Ma, I have a mortgage, a car payment, and regular sex. I don't need a yeah. three-foot raggedy and doll. <laughs> I don't know if her mom thought maybe she wouldn't be having sex if this doll was in her house. I don't <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't fucking know. Keep this know. thing on your bed, and your, the suitors will flee yeah, yeah. out the window. A real man will stay with you with your creepy doll on your bed, Donna. I promise you. <laughs> now, Donna claims, you know, at first the doll was a little weird. It was a weird gift, but she soon found that she she kind of found it charming, and she kind of fell, got infatuated with this doll. Now, according to one source, Donna and her roommates at first, okay, just at first, they decided they're going to put the doll in weird places around the apartment to scare each other, such as setting Annabelle at the kitchen kitchen table with a bowl of Fruit Loops in front of her, or perhaps setting her in the shower with a rubber ducky sitting there, just kind of, you know, girls scaring each other. But after a while, the little game to scare each other with the doll, you know, kind of lost its uh, charm. They decided they didn't want to do it anymore. And the girls just stopped hiding the doll completely. But before long, Annabelle mysteriously would start to move herself around the apartment, appearing in random rooms at random times. It wouldn't be uncommon for Dana to, you know, see Annabelle sitting on the couch. She leaves for work, and when she comes home... The doll is sitting in her bedroom with the door closed. How did it get there, Phil? Good question. (laughs) Kind of like how a Ouija board, the little tablet deal moves around. No one knows how they move around. Nope. At all. Nope. Nope. Not even a little. Not even John Edwards. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Not even John Edwards knows. Yeah, so um, it is kind of funny that um, they... That this game started before it. Um, I don't know if it's getting into like the Tulpa kind of category where you're kind of like making this thing. It could Um, be. It honestly could be. I don't know. Yeah. It's, but I mean, I would, if I had to go most likely, I would say someone, but the game is now just becoming fun for one person. Yeah. The doll. The doll. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. If you are using an object to scare people, 
and maybe that object just gets a mind of its own. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we've had a lot of topo talk. I, I'm not really sure. Although, as we're going to find out, it's not necessarily the doll itself that is causing the problems. It is what is inhabiting the doll. Yeah, I've uh, heard. Well, I've seen the movie, obviously, but heard quite a quite a bit about this already. Um, uh, yeah, I was talking about maybe one of the girls um, was Can, pretending that they were no longer oh. playing the game, but they were the only ones left playing the game. That's kind of what I meant. But yeah, I, I have heard about um, is a questionable. I don't want to give it up, so we'll we'll move on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, don't spoil the ending to the movie, Phil. It's still. It's yeah. only 10 years old. Don't spoil it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. The beginning scroll is just going. So now the whole situation, you know, as it does with most paranormal things, kind of mellow in the beginning. The Annabelle moving herself around was kind of just the beginning of the storm. Soon Donna and her roommates started to find notes written on parchment paper that were kind of would strategically put around the apartment. Um, now, different sources say different things, okay? Um, some said it, these notes said, help me. Some people, or some said it said, help you. And some said, apparently, help Lou. We'll talk about Lou in a minute here. Now, according to the girls, they didn't know how this was possible because apparently they did not keep parchment paper in their home. So... According to them, there's no real way any of either Donna or either of the two other roommates could have been doing this. Now, like I said, if you're asking, who the fuck is Lou? Well, apparently Lou was the boyfriend of one of Donna's roommates named Angie. And as we're about to find out, Annabelle does not seem to be a fan of Lou. He does not like Lou, this fuckboy. Yeah, I was going to say, who the hell is Lou? Is he the (laughs) pretentious kind of asshole that might have parchment paper? (laughs) Uh, No, there's they have a strict they have a strict no parchment paper allowed in this apartment. They only want wax paper, Phil. They will not allow parchment paper in the house. Okay, a lot of cookies getting made. (laughs) A lot of really burnt cookies in this household. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm just like, um, if, okay, let's just say there's some sort of spirit doing this. Wouldn't you think the spirit at least has to do it with products that are inside the house? You would think, I mean, is it, is it going to the market? (laughs) It might be, might be going to Kroger's when the girls aren't home. I don't, I don't know. (laughs) True. Dragging Annabelle down to the corner store to pick up parchment paper. <laughs> yeah. It's just such a specific and such a weird thing. Like, I'm sure there was paper in the apartment. Why do you why is it every parchment paper? I guess parchment paper is a little creepier, but it's nineteen seventy. There's a little notebook by the phone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I yeah, I don't I I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. Now The next story I'm going to tell you, I want everybody to keep in mind when this event happens is, how can I say this? It's not really, I'm not really sure if it happens like 
in the middle of all the activity or if it happens later, but it doesn't really matter. Apparently, it did happen, okay? So the story goes with Lou. Lou is the starring character of this particular event. Apparently, all the girls were gone, but, you know, old Lou probably didn't have a job. He was just sitting in the apartment by himself, (laughs) uh, and he started to hear some strange noises coming from Donna's room. You know, naturally, Lou believed that maybe someone was breaking into the apartment or attempting to break into the apartment, so he quickly ran to Donna's room, opened the door. Lou, you know, gave a good look around, but he saw no sign of anyone having tried to break the window, you know, lift the window up, or none of her stuff was thrown around. But the weird thing was that the Annabelle doll was sitting there face down on the ground. And according to Lou, almost as soon as he noticed the doll, Lou started to feel burning a burning sensation across his chest. He quickly lift, lifted up his shirt and found that there were claw marks across his chest that were now bleeding. But according to Lou, within two days... The marks just completely disappeared from his body, almost like they just miraculously healed or they were there supernaturally. I don't know. Okay, so Lou is suspect number one for the guy who's moving around the doll. Um, That's first (laughs) off. Second off, do you remember the Hell House? I believe it was in Kansas. Yeah. Yep. I remember that. Yeah. They had the the same situation with the, uh, the magical, like the magically appearing scratch marks across the body. Yeah, what was the Hell House? What was it had like a child's name, right? Yeah, something like that. Like Ma- I, Maggie's I House or some shit like that. Yeah, um, we did episode. Go listen to it if you haven't. It's very good. But yeah, with all the paranormal stuff I've listened to, uh, the scratching is a big thing. I don't know what it is about the mm. scratching, but it's the scratching. Somebody's scratching. Yeah, my scat. Whenever I hear that now, my skeptic's hat always pops on. And then I immediately think, oh, it's the easiest thing you can do to yourself. And there's evidence. Give yourself a little scratchy. Yeah, you're not permanently fucking yourself up. It goes away after, you know, you're not scratching yourself very hard. You can even, like, draw a little blood, too, for effect. Well, you're assuming that Lou doesn't trim his fingernails, Phil. I don't. Lou might be a very well put together man who, you know, takes good care of his fingernails. It's 1970. In my mind, every dude is a hippie. Yeah. (laughs) A layabout. (laughs) There is a lot of pubic hair. A lot of pubic hair. It is the 70s. There's so much goddamn pubic hair. It's swirling around him like pig pen. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, apparently after this, you know, Donna was starting to get freaked out. The other roommates were starting to get freaked out. And they decided that they needed some help from somebody who had experience with the supernatural. So they found a psychic medium who agreed to come to their home and, you know, check out this doll, see see what's going on. Now, according to sources, said medium performed, uh, quote, occult ritual that was very similar to a seance, which in all reality was probably just a seance, the medium claimed to discover that the spirit who was inhabiting this doll was a child 
named Annabelle Higgins, which is where the name Annabelle comes from. Now, it's kind of weird because the two different sources give different ages for the spirit. Either it was a five or a seven-year-old, and they're close enough, who died around the apartment building. One source said Annabelle was hit by a car outside of the apartment building, and another source claims that Annabelle's body had simply been found on the site the apartment was going to be built on, but the medium assured the girls the spirit was benevolent, and it simply was just looking for someone to love it. Okay. Yes. So, how do you feel about the medium and the occult ritual? Yeah, I mean, it's a good... um it's a good party favor. It's a good show. <laughs> you know, um, we've talked about seances before. Yeah. Uh, kind of, you know, uh, from the 1800s, it was a really good, um, a lot of scamsters pick up a lot of, uh, a lot of really good tricks, kind of like knocking their knee into the table, making it seem like, you know, shit was happening. Yeah. That sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and also when you're already kind of told what's going on, you can kind of make up a little little something on the on the fly there so this could have been john um, edwards mom for all we know exactly definitely yeah just <laughs> that fucking charlatan bullshit just runs in the family <laughs> um yeah it's i mean if they're i don't know if actually it's before the internet it's before all that they would have had to go to the library and look through all the fucking newsreels and stuff maybe but uh, if they were actually able to find out, like, if this Annabelle Higgins, you know, actually had died there or like what was going on with that. Yeah. See, the I mean, I guess I didn't even try to look for an obituary for Annabelle Higgins. But my thing is, like, if they let's just say hypothetically, they found this mysterious body laying or buried in the dirt or something where they were going to build her apartment building. Um this is probably the at least early 1900s, if not earlier. How mm. the fuck are they going to identify this body? Like, they did not have any sort of technology to do that. You know what I mean? Oh, I was thinking more of them trying to figure out if there was a little girl that got hit oh, by a car or something okay. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, back then, and also, it's the, what, the, the roaring 20s? They're gonna. They find a body while they're building something. They're just gonna dig up the bones and keep moving forward. Yeah. They're not calling the. They're not calling the fucking uh, the arch. What do you call those people? Uh, archaeologists or whatever. No. The people who. <laughs> no. They're probably. Just, they're not calling them. They're probably just like throw it in with the mortar boys. It's extra glue. Exactly. Yeah. yeah that shit. <laughs> <laughs> so capitalism, baby. Woo. <laughs> um. Now. After the girls discovered the news that Annabelle was not a cruel spirit and was simply the spirit of a child, Donna said she actually felt bad and she kind of, because of this information, she wanted to treat the doll much better than they had. So according to one source, Donna started to literally treat this doll like a child. She would take it to stores with her. She would take it to movies with her. She would bring it with her when she went on long car trips. She even took 
the doll to ice cream shops. Annabelle was also gifted toys, candy, and any sort of thing that a child might enjoy. But even with this, you know, kind gestures, I guess you would say, as the months progressed, the paranormal activity within the home started to become even more intense. The girls claimed that they would hear knocking sounds around the apartment very late into the night. They would see flashing lights on their on the ceilings of their bedrooms. Their beds would shake for no explainable reason. Or the temperature would drop to near freezing levels. The animal doll itself would even let out a very low fearsome growl almost demonic in nature you would think if if they're like you know treating the spirit better it's kind of doing the opposite right now it's getting more angry yeah so i was thinking about kind of how you're supposed to act when you might have a poltergeist yeah um you don't feed um it's one of those situations where the more attention you give a poltergeist, the more powerful it becomes, that sort of situation. So I wonder if this is the same kind of situation that they're in, where maybe, let's just say there is something paranormal happening here, and her giving it all of this attention is going to feed it all of this energy, and then it you know, has the power to do kind of like what it's there for. Yeah, I mean, to me it's like, okay, let's say you're at the bar, and there's a really drunk person and they're kind of like looking at you and mm-hmm. but you don't want to like communicate with them if you lean into them you know you can't feed into them otherwise you're going to have a bad time right you're going to get annoyed they're going to try to fight you they might puke on you you know that yep. type of thing treat them as if they don't exist yes. that's the yes <laughs> subliminal d fucking <laughs> advice for the week if you see a very drunk person at the bar and they look like they want to interact with you, just completely you, just walk off. If you look them in the eyes, that's your own fault. Never look them in the eyes. Definitely. Yeah. You're asking for it at that point. Yeah. Nope. Just yeah. keep moving. Keep yeah. moving. Yeah. Okay. So in all seriousness here, you are believing that if this is paranormal, they are just empowering it to get stronger. Yeah, so if it is something like a, okay, so let's say it is a paranormal thing. Let's go down that route first. If it is like a poltergeist, something like that, it's going to feed off the energy uh, that they're giving it, all the attention, and make it worse, or you know, maybe make it do what it wants to do. If it's a tulpa, then they're creating this. They started it when they would hide it around the house and then pretending kind of like it was doing the things that it turns out it would do afterwards, scare people, that sort of thing. So that's the tulpa that they created. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, the tulpa, I, how can I say this? We talked about it a lot on like the men in black thing, right? Um, Mm -hmm. It's to me, I don't know if you feel this way, but it's almost like it sounds very plausible, but when you really think about it, it kind of is ridiculous, but also <laughs> kind of makes sense, I guess. I don't know. It's do you know what I'm saying? Like it's kind of a it's a weird thing that like kind of makes sense. Yeah, well, kind of how kind of how I see it is 
if you've ever seen like the secret that documentary bull it's all bullshit of course but <laughs> there's this idea that you kind of like you project things into the world and yeah, then they manifest. kind of like form around that yeah manifest manifesting yeah it's almost like the world is kind of like the universe is putty and you're kind of like forming it like very gently forming it around you so if you manifest good maybe good things happen if you manifest bad bad things happen if you're constantly worried about getting cancer guess what you're probably going to get cancer and it's from the stress you give yourself about worrying about shit you know but it's going to happen oh i'm worried about losing my job well, if you worry about losing your job, then all of a sudden you start acting weird at work and maybe you might just lose your fucking job. Yeah. You know. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, Definitely. Yeah. If you want, if you guys, anybody wants to know a secret, if someone is from the Northeast, particularly California, um, and, and they bring up manifestations or uh, energy or things like that, it's, it's a pretty telltale sign. Um, just, just a piece of advice from, uh, from, uh, the subliminal deception boys. Okay. The manifesting thing is very big on that side of the country. From the Northeast, particularly California. Sorry. Northwest. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. If they're from the Pacific coast. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. Pacific okay. coast. Um, yes. Okay. But, uh, you're way closer to that than I am. Um, mm -hmm. have you had experience with this? Yeah, there's a lot of them who moved out here, especially after the pandemic. A lot of Californians moved out here and, uh, yeah, a wily bunch. Very, <laughs> <laughs> they're all, uh, yeah, a lot of them actually might've moved either to Texas or moved back. Um, I don't think a lot of them liked the heat, but yeah, you do. It is kind of funny when you meet someone from, you know, Washington, Oregon, they're a lot chiller. They're, you know, um, but then like the Californians are very like kind of uptight. Yeah. You know, yeah. they always, they, they want people to think that they're very, oh, go with, oh, blah, blah, blah. But no, they're not. They're I not think, go with the flow. I, I think that that notion died about 30 years ago in California. Yeah. You're not all surfer dudes. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, you're not all surfer dudes. All but, right. Yeah. You ready to get really weird here, Phil? Yeah, said it. Okay, so I want to say this right off the bat. I know this is going to sound a little bit made up, but apparently little old poor Lou has another tri or another battle against Annabelle. So the story goes that, you know, Lou is, he's tired of this fucking shit. He's tired of the shenanigans with Annabelle. He was intending to burn the doll and just rid it of their lives. He wanted to just get rid of it. But before he burned it, apparently Lou decided, you know what, buddy, I'm going to go ahead and take a nap first before this doll burning situation here. While he was sleeping, apparently he started having, the story goes, he started having nightmares about Annabelle, right? And when he woke up, Annabelle was apparently attempting to strangle Lou to death. Poor Lou here. Lou woke up, he threw the doll at the wall right when Annabelle hit the wall. Picture frames in the home exploded. Chairs flew across the room. The, every single light in the house just turned off. 
but the horror is not over for Lou. At some point, he is forcefully slapped, I guess psychically slapped, by this apparition, Mm. which causes him to fly backwards. His body hits the window, he smashes through the window, and then he falls to his death on the street. Annabelle has defeated Lou. Lou. Who was there to witness this story? Um, I, I don't know. Some of the girls, apparently. Apparently, they ran down and okay. tried to revive him. But, you know, when you fall out of a apartment building window from how many stories, you, pro- you probably aren't going to get up. Okay, so there was other people in the apartment this yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't just Lou. That's what, that's what I was talking about. It was all, like, all this stuff was claimed to happen. And then... But you're like, well, who who witnessed it? But you're saying that there's other people in Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's only one website that included that story out of several. But I know. I know. Look, I know. But (laughs) it was fun. It was fun. It reminded me of The Exorcist, if anybody's ever seen that, where the the priest absorbs the demon and then he he jumps out the window and dies. Um but uh but yeah, poor Lou man. I don't maybe Animal just doesn't like men. I don't know. Potentially. Uh he was just uh, we're kind of making up the story for Lou himself. It's just a fun layabout, like to get into battles with, you know, dolls. Yeah. He's kind of a fun guy. Yeah. But I do like how I do like how the like the you know, the uh, the imagery. It's almost like a movie. Like you can see it in your head, the the doll getting thrown against the wall, picture frames just exploding. You know, cascade effect kind of deal. All the chairs and shit fly across the room. Yeah. Pretty uh, pretty cool. Very Lights flicker. Very horror movie-ish, right? Just like, that's oh, what yeah. it says to very me. Very cinematic. Very, very cinematic. Just like, boom, right in your face. So, mm-hmm. now, after the event of, you know, poor Lou's death, apparently, uh, Donna and Angie decided that Annabelle clearly is not benevolent and they they need to bring in some big guns so they contact an a, a, an episcopal priest named father hegan or hagen one of the two who then contacted his boss father cook who then contacted ed and lorraine warren a couple who had gained quite a reputation in their dealings with the paranormal it wasn't long before Ed and Lorraine would arrive at the apartment and lay eyes upon the Raggedy Ann doll that would become known as Annabelle the doll. So, this is what bothers me. They call the priests, you know, clearly priests, you know, I love this because you're getting some converts, right? You convince them, you fix yep. their house, you got three, four new bodies here. Why are they calling the Warrens? Yeah, I don't know. This Father Cook, I hope he got a little bit of a cut on some of the <laughs> merchandise and the, the licensing and all of this. You know, bringing this to Ed and Lorraine Warren, there, which has been their cash cow. I don't know if yeah. they have anything like bigger in their collection than Annabelle, but I mean, they, they did have they did have the chair was that was pretty big. The chair? You might be thinking of a different chair that we covered on this show. The death chair. Oh, did they not have that? Oh, no, 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 no. That's just sitting in a bar in England somewhere. Okay. Yeah. They, in my mind, they had that too. They had a lot of like, um, they had a lot of weird shit there. Uh, 
I don't know like all of it, but yeah, this is clearly the most popular thing they have. I have a pickled liver of a drunk Irishman. (laughs) (laughs) You can hear it. Even though it's solid stone, it still sloshes on the inside. (laughs) (laughs) Some say his children are still looking for him. Um, yeah, <laughs> we're still waiting to get picked up from CCD. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's an inside joke. <laughs> now, Donna and Angie would go on to tell the Warrens about what the medium had told them, and they didn't believe that the spirit was malicious. But Ed and Lorraine were quick to inform them that they believed it was actually a demonic force inhabiting the doll. Now, this is a direct quote from them about this. Spirits do not possess inanimate objects like houses or toys. They possess people. An inhuman spirit can attach itself to a place or object, and this is what occurred in the Annabelle case. This spirit manipulated the doll and created the illusion of it being alive in order to get recognition. Truly, the spirit was not looking to stay attached to the doll. It was looking to possess a human host. So according to them, um, Annabelle's ultimate goal, I'm assuming, was to get one of these girls. Yes. To, I'm guessing, possess Donna. Um... It seems like she's already kind of got Donna. I'm going to call it she, like uh, the doll spirit. But I'm going to guess that the spirit kind of already has like Donna in its sights from the, from just how she treats it. Here's the thing, though. Think about it. If Annabelle killed Lou and Lou was dating Angie, wouldn't maybe Annabelle have wanted Angie? Because why else would they kill Lou? Ooh. Possibly it I in my mind it was a situation where the either the spirit or the doll the demon whatever you want to call it was going after any potential threats to it. Yeah I suppose that could be it too. I mean Donna was the original owner so Mm. maybe that is maybe that is the case. Yeah I don't know I mean. It's kind of hard just going by because you don't really you only hear about Angie because she was banging Lou and <laughs> Lou is the one that it supposedly killed. So, yeah, yeah, uh, I guess you I, don't really know Angie's relationship with the doll. Um, Since this is the Ed and Lorraine story, I'm assuming all the girls were virgins and they were waiting till marriage to have sex, Phil. So let's clean that up. Okay. A little. Let's clean that dirty <laughs> mind up a little bit here. <laughs> I always do forget that they are uh, that Annabelle movie was heavily Christian. Yeah, the, yeah, the whole situation. They they are exceedingly Catholic. Yes, definitely. Now Ed and Lorraine told the girls that due to the fact that they were treating Annabelle like a human child, they were actually empowering the demon and making it stronger. Kind of what you said. The doll was also exhibiting abilities that only a demon would have, such as teleportation, materialization, and making the mark of the beast on Lou's chest. After determining that they were dealing with an unearthly spirit, the Warrens enlisted the aid of Father Cook to perform an exorcism on the girls' apartment and remove Annabelle from the premises. Allegedly, allegedly, 
when the Warrens were attempting to drive Annabelle back to their home, their car began to stall out almost as if Annabelle did not want to leave this apartment. Ed got out of the car and proceeded to either go into the back seat or the trunk, it is unclear, wherever they were storing Annabelle, and he aggressively performed the sign of the cross with holy water on Annabelle. After this, they were able to make their way safely to the home unabated. What says you, Phil? I can just imagine him like getting into the back seat. He totally knows that all those who live there are watching him out the window and he just does like the he throws his voice to make it sound like Annabelle and him are fighting <laughs> uses her arm to like try to choke him out and he's got to like fight her and stuff selling he, it he was exhibiting the first crackhead activity that's ever been seen in Connecticut that's what I'm guessing here stop it Annabelle we're yeah. trying to take you away <laughs> no 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 <laughs> Now I'm just envisioning like the weird sex stuff that Ed and Lorraine were into like ah mm. probably like exorcism sex role play and all sorts of weird shit like that. Oh definitely. <laughs> they are this deep into anti fucking you know anti evil anti demonic all that you know the very Christian their whole like their whole outside personas are were just total Christian, all yeah. that. They're inside the bedroom, doors are locked, fucking. <laughs> Ed's like, yeah. Lorraine, the I kids, love... Uh, the kids have the carpenters playing while they sleep just to not hear the shit coming out of the bedroom. <laughs> yeah. It must be like, damn, the worms must be battling some serious demons in there <laughs> with all that howling going on. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. The the car thing, <laughs> again, I saw that on like one random ass website. Um, I thought it was kind of fun. Uh, but the car yeah. thing, I remember a very long time ago, I think we were covering an exorcism of some kind on Bumblebutt, and there was a priest who was having car trouble when he was battling the possessed uh demon i guess or the demon possessing the child or whatever it was yeah it's so like like you were saying earlier um ed and lorraine's story has remained the same uh for years and years and years the problem is other people cooking up their own little you know their own little fucking spices to throw in this recipe you know their own little soup basically i could see you know some unsanctioned uh, fan fiction. There we go. Some unsanctioned <laughs> fan fiction coming around. So see, I think my the obviously is very clear that the doll exists because you can. There's pictures of it everywhere in the case, right? Yeah. But the the thing I hate about this is you have the Warrens telling this story, but any like Donna, Angie. Any of them, uh, I don't think anybody's ever communicated with them. Like, as far as I know, this is only a secondhand story from the Warrens, which seems to be something they are a little guilty of sometimes with a lot of their stories. Yeah, you think that they're going to flea markets and um, garage sales and just picking up random stuff and then putting a story to it? Well, 
That actually be kind of that'd be a fun couple like hobby. Actually, <laughs> just <laughs> you go to a garage sale, you find. I mean, like we have you have the picture here down below. Look at that big ugly doll. You see that at somebody's some grandma's garage sale from the grandkids who didn't want it. Yeah, and you just start making up a story about it. That's kind of fun. I just want you, you know? to envision your mom giving you that for your twenty eighth birthday. Yeah, that's. <laughs> That's a little weird. That's uh Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, maybe Ma doesn't drive anymore. <laughs> See the I don't know. I the and I was gonna kinda talk about it later in the episode, but you know, it it's really hard to find any like skeptic thing on this simply because you know, they own the doll. They're not gonna let you in there if you're trying to disprove any of their things um apparently have you ever heard of robert the doll no i have not okay so this is another extremely famous like evil doll thing it's located i believe in key west you can still see it to this day some people speculate and i'm not saying this is the case but people speculate that that doll existed long before annabelle and that the warrens kind of took this and weaved it into their own story. So, like, they had yep. a doll um, aspect, I guess, they, to were, their thing. There was a framework before yeah. this story. Some, yeah. some people brought up Child's Play. Obviously, ch- the first Child's Play movie, extremely popular. But I, th- to give the Warrens credit, I believe they were talking about this before Child's Play was made. I'm sure Child's Play is the early 80s, and I yep. I was trying to find when the first this story first came out of their mouths, um, and I couldn't find it. All it kept saying is it happened in the 70s. I don't know if when that's when they started talking about it, or that's just when it happened, or they got the doll, or what you know, what have you. So that part of it's really unclear. Okay, yeah, I would in my in my mind, I would say maybe the movie Chucky was written kind of after they had heard this story. Cause yeah. I'm pretty sure this Annabelle um, tale is older than the movie Chucky. But in my mind, I didn't start seeing the Chucky movies until like the early nineties. So that's in my mind. That's when it came out. Maybe the first Chucky came out in like the eighties. I'm almost positive. It's the eighties um, because yeah. the early eighties was like when all those slasher esque movies were born. Um, you know, you got Friday the Thirteenth, sl- cheap slashers. Yeah, yeah. Friday the Thirteenth, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, yada yada yada. Um, so I don't know. They, it's complicated because the story allegedly happened in the seventies, but it's not. It's unclear if the Warrens started talking about it in the seventies or if they waited till. You know, whenever they started releasing books or, you know, what have you. So they started gaining some traction. Yeah. You know? Obviously, you had the Amityville Horror. You had, um, there's a couple other big cases. We covered uh, the one where the guy killed the guy claiming he was possessed by a demon. You remember that one? The yeah. Warrens were involved well, with the, that. I wonder if they, so the the drive-in horror movie was really big kind of during that time. I wonder if they, like that's when they started talking about kind of like these, these items that they have, you know, almost as if they realized that they could monetize their collection, that sort of situation. I wonder 
I wonder what at what point they realized that they could start making some money off of all this. I don't know. Um, I was watching a video earlier today, and it was Ed and Lorraine, and they opened this museum. I'm going to talk about it in a second here, but they opened this museum in 1952. So apparently Ed was in World War II. He got out. He was a painter who sold his paintings, met Lorraine. They started the museum. She was psychic, blah, blah, blah. Started doing paranormal stuff, yada, yada, yada. Okay, gotcha. After Annabelle came into the Warren's possession, they would put it in a sealed case that had a huge warning sign that said, quote, warning positively, do not. Now, I <laughs> I can't be certain, but I'm pretty sure somewhere on there is supposed to say, like, do not open, but you can't see the open part for, I don't know why they did this. Um, on the door, there is the devil tarot card, like nailed on there for some reason. I'm not exactly sure. Um, it's just on there. So you used to be able to visit the Warren Occult Museum, which had items, quote, touched by the devil. The museum was located at the Warren's home in Monroe, Connecticut, Sadly, it was closed to the public in 2019 over zoning violations. The place was located within residential houses. Since the street is a very narrow public roadway, it is inadequate for parking for any commercial enterprise. The traffic generated by the museum inconvenienced the neighborhood. It's, I, I believe Lorraine died in 2019, so it's kind of weird. You had... Her death and then the immediate closing of the museum. So I almost wonder if someone <laughs> wasn't working to close it so they could get all the items. That's kind of my feeling. Like a Zach Baggins type thing. I don't... Because, you know, he obviously has his little thing in Vegas with all the haunted objects. So I'm like, did this motherfucker, yeah. like, sneak in here and try to steal this shit? They were just waiting for the protector of the horde to yeah. die and yeah. then swooped in. Yeah. yeah. I could imagine. So either that or her neighbors have been waiting for her to kick the bucket for years so they could close that museum down. Yeah. And stop having Mardi Gras every fucking weekend. <laughs> you know, you think there's just chicks with their tits out in front of the Warren's house? <laughs> I meant the crowds, but ah, maybe some tits. Yeah, yeah. maybe. <laughs> See how wild they get. Um, but uh, I was I was gonna say if that place is if if that Monroe, Connecticut, that museum's still open, it's probably the only thing to see in Monroe. That might have to have been one of our fucking uh, yearly trips going to going to see all that oh, shit. Oh Monroe, it's but probably a I small doubt town. Oh yeah, I doubt there's anything to do besides see that and. <laughs> leave that's the two highlights of monroe connecticut honestly though i can say this like i'm imagining kind of where i live where it's like just like a private drive and yep. if someone of my neighbors had a, a little museum and they're just constantly fucking cars on the road that would get so fucking annoying yeah i should say aspen so Aspen is like a tiny little town, but when it snows, all of a sudden you can't go anywhere. <laughs> the problem is in Aspen, everyone's making money off of it. Here, no one's making shit no. off of all of those cars. No. They're just pissed. Yeah, yeah. Hell, if I was them, I would have 
put a sign be like you can park in my yard for 50 bucks or something oh just like the pet like a packers home game or yeah. something yeah the people who live next to the the people who live next to the stadium make good money um fucking home games yeah yes the fuck they do but uh but yeah so sadly the museum's closed obviously i got a picture here of the box with annabelle inside of it um i'm sad it cut off the bottom there where it says warning positively you know whatever um apparently they would have a priest like bless this i i can't remember if it was every month or like every other month but it was pretty on the regular they just had Padre on retainer. Yeah. <laughs> as, his, as his monthly stop, he'd go bless all of the uh, indigent, can't leave their home people, and then hit Annabelle on the way home. Yeah. It, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, it was, I was watching this YouTube video. It must have been after the museum closed. And I got the impression it was kind of like a traveling cursed items show these two men would put Mm -hmm. on and for some reason they were allowed access to the annabelle doll and as they're like transporting it to another box right yeah these motherfuckers are like dousing themselves in holy water to move the doll from box to box now i don't know if that's them putting on a show for their youtube audience or what but um they were very afraid of it. It's not all about the steak. It's about the sizzle too. You True. gotta, you gotta keep it up. <laughs> you know, no days off, that kind of shit. But I am thinking about going back, thinking about like the movie. And while I'm looking at the picture of the real life doll, I'm trying to think if the people who made the movie did a good choice in kind of making a more photogenic type doll. Uh, what you think of like the porcelain doll or if this would have been even more freaky to have in the movie because this is a freaky fucking doll okay it's life size it looks like it's about to get up and start walking around but so did annabelle yeah the movie doll i don't know maybe it for shooting purposes the other doll is easier to like control Uh, yeah i i don't know um because obviously this doll clearly is like mostly cotton. <laughs> so you're going to need yeah. to have like strings to hold it up to like make it walk around. <laughs> well, this doll is so big. You could honestly, if you had a replica, you could hollow it out and have a little person just walk <laughs> yeah. around in it. There you go. Well, if it's three foot <laughs> tall, you know, you could get a jockey maybe and put it inside of there and have him walk around. <laughs> The second place jockey gets yeah. to play Annabelle. Yeah. First place is dead. <laughs> <laughs> and the third place races another day. <laughs> now, um, I wanted to talk about this because you kind of mentioned this earlier about seeing the movie. Um, yep. So obviously, the I guess they call it the Conjuring Universe, but it's more or less all of the stories of Ed and Lorraine Warren. So The Conjuring yep. was the very first movie, which actually in my eyes, is an instant horror classic, even though, you know, these two are in it. Um, But that story involves them helping the pairing family with their poltergeist, which we will cover one of these days. And then because of that hitting, then they released the Annabelle, the doll movies. 2014, the OG original Annabelle was released. 
2017, Annabelle the Creation was released. And then 2019, Annabelle Comes Home was released. Um, I think I've seen the first one and Annabelle Comes Home. Annabelle Comes Home wasn't that bad. I tried to watch Annabelle Creation like the first few minutes and it was just like really bad and I'm, I just couldn't do it. So I rented Annabelle Comes Home because we were doing the podcast by that time and you had told me I should rent it just to tell you what I thought about it. So I think you maybe did. I did. So that's the only one that I've seen is the Annabelle Comes Home one where they're actually inside the museum and it's like haunting them as a family uh, type deal. It's, but I, I do believe you probably saw that one because you told me to watch it and tell you what you, what <laughs> I thought about it. Uh, I think that is the only, so, you know, I'm not into horror yeah, that yeah, much. Yeah. I, they're not my thing, but I did watch that one. So it wasn't that bad. Um, the conjuring, I don't believe I've ever seen any of the conjurings unless I watched them with you at some point. I, uh, I might've taken a big boy nap during it because <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a huge horror person. I think so. that the first one's pretty good. I like the second one, but it is a little corny. Um, mm. But uh, but yeah, it. Uh, I would recommend anybody who's just like kind of likes horror movies, especially for you know Halloween time. Uh, the first the first Conjuring is pretty fucking solid. Yeah, I'll have to watch if you if you say so. I'll have to watch. I'll watch that one and tell you what I think about it. But <laughs> it's. Um, it is kind of funny. They, uh, I didn't realize. I mean, you had told me maybe a couple of years ago. Actually, you probably told me when it was um, when you were talking about the the latest Annabelle movie that all of those movies were connected. Because obviously, I had heard about Ed and Lorraine, but I didn't realize all of those movies were in the same kind of universe. Um, you know. Well, yeah, it's. Um, let's see, the Conjuring movies, the Annabelle movies, and then the Nun movies. Oh, I didn't even know the Nun movies were, were related also. Yeah, yep. yeah. okay, I've never seen any of those ones. Um, I've seen the first one. It, I gotta say, pretty stupid. Uh, yep. I saw the second one, like, just came out this year, but there's no way I'm paying money to watch it. Yeah, that's the, the one that came out this summer. It's on, I think I did see it on maybe H... Maybe I saw it on Prime. Yeah, it was on Prime for twenty dollars okay. to watch it. Yeah, fuck that. I, <laughs> <laughs> I paid too much in streaming to pay. I don't even get Redbox anymore. I pay so much in streaming. I can find something. Yeah, I'm pretty sure The Conjuring's on Netflix for free. So there you go, people. Oh, uh, I'll check it out there. <clears throat> now we want to. I'm gonna read these next stories. I don't know if they're true or not, but. Uh, According to Ed and Lorraine, they are. So there is two incidents that have occurred from people allegedly mocking Annabelle and very bad things happen to them. The first goes that a priest who was at Ed and Lorraine's house yelled at Annabelle that no demonic force is stronger than the Lord. Now, said priest had collected so much donation money he decided to buy himself a brand new car that he was extremely proud of. The same day he purchased said car, it was destroyed in an accident when it collided with a semi. The priest claimed he saw Annabelle in the backseat moments before the collision. So, 
Um, don't test Annabelle by saying that the Lord is more powerful. Apparently, no way. I like how he. Go ahead. I was gonna say I like how he puts it. How oh you know I just had collected so much money from the donations that I just you know ah what the heck maybe I'll buy myself a new car as if the donations weren't meant for a new car the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I gotta say, Phil, I added that in. Because that's where I envisioned money was coming from. Oh, okay, gotcha. You so he just happened to have a new car from somewhere. You okay, think? Gotcha. You, yeah, donation. Okay, let's be real. You think a priest is going to admit that? Oh, so <laughs> Detroit Rock City. Uh, one of the most iconic parts from that movie is when the priest just grabs money out of the till. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I'm donating your I'm donating your tip to the Lord. <laughs> that is a good movie. Underrated. It is a little corny, but it's underrated. We've seen it, I believe, about three thousand yep. times. Yep. Oh, I yeah. think you watched it. You watched it every day. <laughs> it was uh one of the only DVDs we had, like way back when DVDs kinda first came out. Yeah. True. Now the second incident. Ed claimed he was giving a tour uh, in their occult museum to a bunch of kids. A young couple, moreover, the boyfriend of the couple, started mocking Annabelle when Ed Warren was giving kind of the history of the doll and how it came into their possession. Now, it's unclear if it was the same day or another day, but this man who mocked Annabelle ended up losing control of his motorcycle and dying with his girlfriend being severely injured but surviving. Okay. So, yeah. Um that's uh honestly, if you everyone I've ever talked to who drives a motorcycle says eventually you're gonna put it down. Yeah. So <laughs> just expect um, to die. Yeah, basically one day your number's gonna pop up. But yeah, that is um it seems like because in my mind when I first saw you know, the doll behind the glass. I imagined some unruly teenagers maybe, you know, giving it the bird, mooning it, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, there's always a the face of the devil. There's always a wise face or wise ass. <laughs> wise face. a wise face. It's always a, it's always, call them what they are. There's always a shit bag in the, I'm no matter, to, the I, instigator. I'm turning into my mother where I just like mix words together that don't make sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, everyone, wise ass. Everyone knows this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. Wise face. <laughs> it's, it's where my charm uh, comes from, God damn it. But, uh, <laughs> all right, I'm going to move on to the last part, and this is probably my favorite, and I'm going to let you guys know it's a little long-winded, but it's important. In 2017, legendary ghost hunter Zach Baggins, on his show, Ghost Adventures, decided to investigate Annabelle. And after the episode aired, people were very upset with Zach for touching Annabelle. And Zach Baggins went to Twitter to defend himself like all good celebrities should. I'm gonna, this is not the whole tweet. This is only about half of it, but I thought it's enough to get the point, okay? So here's what Zach said to all his quote-unquote haters, okay? So many of you in outrage because I touched Annabelle, 
So here's my response. While so many viewers think they know exactly what it is like in, to be in these type of situations, in all due respect, they do not. I am 100% sensitive. What, what's that mean? I absorb and sense energies around me at a very high level, whether it's from living people, residual energy objects, or from spirits. I've been like this my entire life. I am not a psychic medium. I am sensitive. And while some perceive this to be, quote, overreacting or too dramatic, well, those people will never be able to relate to what I feel when I'm around spirits. It's a rush. It's draining. It's exhilarating. It's terrifying all in one, depending who or what I'm in contact with. With that said, when it comes to Annabelle, there is a tremendous amount of layered energy infusing this doll, which I believe has caused a dark entity to use it to manipulate and influence the living. I also believe that its past and present owners have put their energies into it as well. Good and bad. It sat in an extremely haunted and cursed occult museum for years, absorbing those other possessed artifacts, artifacts, energies as well, trapped in a glass case. All of this strengthening the entities even more and more who used it as a host to manipulate the living. Add the other layer to it, a doll that has made hundreds of millions for movie studios, producers, etc. With all that money comes greed, lawsuits, hate, etc. More negativity, fueling the fire even more with the same fairy doll. I was skeptical of Annabelle until she showed up and through multiple pieces of our equipment documenting incredible evidence as well as myself, Billy, and Aaron feeling extraordinary things directly around and underneath us. Holy God, what shit. A cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. I love him. I don't care what you say. He is a beautiful man who needs to be protected at all costs. I am when you said the words I am sensitive I just in my mind was like yeah we can tell look at this rant you go Dude. on from people giving you shit for touching a cursed cursed object supposed cursed object he <laughs> go on here's the thing rant. this is only half of the fucking tweet and yeah basically what evidence he's talking about is like EVPs and all this other shit and then he thanks the Warrens for letting him in their house and yada 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 <laughs> um but he so what I think is so funny, a man who literally is known because of the hundreds of millions of you know people who have watched his show, and he's very greedy, yeah. clearly, because he makes a lot of money off of all of this, and then he has the audacity to claim that these things are making the doll more powerful. Why, on the same hand, this is why he pretty much exists. Yeah, it's well, and I also like how add the other layer to it. A doll has made hundreds of millions for movie studios, producers, etc. Then it shows up to me. No, no, you showed up to it. Yeah, you came to it. It's like, oh, it showed up to me. No, no, no. You drove to that. <laughs> you drove there. You're the one who went there. You're the one who goes to these haunted houses. Then you fucking 
obviously people have seen the show. He yells at the, the supposed spirits, and then there's a little creak. The house settles a little, and he runs out the room like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Come out here and face me. They're scared of me. Ah! I'm, runs away. I'm sensitive. They're so scared. Dude, I am going to, one of these days, put together a full-length Zach Baggins episode because this man, I don't know. He is just... We'll probably get like lawsuits sent to our doorstep, but it'll be worth I it. <laughs> no one too big or too small for him to go. No, <laughs> for making fun of him. He is sensitive after all. <laughs> During the whole first paragraph, I was just, I don't know if you could hear through the microphone, me just making the, the jerk off motion with my hand. Just like, oh, fucking what a cunt. Jesus Christ. I couldn't hear that, but I could hear the um, <laughs> the chuckles. The, yep, that too. That too. So clearly he touched the doll simply for ratings and like trying to provoke, you know, people, the people watching the show, trying to get more attention drawn at himself. Um, if anything, I think he sucked all the energy out of this damn doll for himself. <laughs> Um, cause that's the only reason he would have that or whoever produces the TV show told him to do it. One of the two. He wants everyone to think he's fucking Billy badass. Yeah. Yeah. I, I watched, um, I mean, again, on Bumblebutt forever ago, we did the demon house in, um, Gary, Indiana, and then he bought it and Mm. like made that whole documentary. (laughs) And yeah, he is, uh, ridiculous. Yeah, just a ridiculous human being. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's like a mixture of Ed and Lorraine Warren and fucking P.T. Barnum, and that's just him. That's just how he is. Yeah, he has made quite a bit of money off of this shit, though. So, yeah, he's, I mean, kudos to him for that. He's, what has he been around for, like, what, 15, 16 years now, something? Yeah, you know, probably like closer to 20, honestly. He's still out there. He's so, still yeah. out there making money. Now he just collects money from his museum in Las Vegas. So I don't know. But uh, kind of back with this here, Phil, you know, um, what are you feeling about Annabelle and the possibility that they've either created something, you know, paranormal out of it or was it already there or what do you what do you think? Um, well, I'm a bit of a skeptic. Yeah. So I'm going to say most likely it's just a doll and it's fake, you know, Um, maybe. So the thing is, you don't think a house is haunted until someone tells you that it's haunted. Whatever house, like you walk into a house, you're just hanging out. And then all of a sudden, two days later, someone's like, oh, you know, that house was haunted as shit, right? And then your mind, even though at the time and for two days later, you didn't think anything weird happened, your mind starts just making these things, yeah. you know? Yeah. If if you get told that this doll is weird enough, like me and you, if we never heard about Annabelle, we never heard about this, and we saw that doll, that same doll, just like in your your grandma's house, because she had like almost like a room full of dolls, <laughs> yeah. right? If we saw that doll, we wouldn't think anything of it. 20 years later, you find out that that doll now lives in a museum because it's the most haunted doll, demon-possessed doll in the world. You would think about all the little weird things that happened in the house and attribute it to that, you know? That is true. Even making up some things in your head. 
That so, is true. You are using the power of the secret right now, though. Yeah, you're lore building yourself. <laughs> yeah. Kinda, you know, you're, you're, I mean, it's maybe, maybe Angie and Donna and Lou and the, the gang, maybe they built the Tulpa, but the Tulpas really gain power from everyone else. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Millions uh, of people in the movie, all of the documentaries, Zach Baggins douchebaggery, you know, <laughs> that's got to kick it up to the next level. Yeah, so. it um it's undeniable the the you know, like you said, looking at the doll, it's kind of creepy looking. Like maybe that's yes. because we know it's Annabelle I don't know the doll the brand of doll I think dolls in the 70s were just kind of creepy overall anyway. Um, I don't know what yep. the fascination with the porcelain faces was, but stop it. I don't, it's horrible. Here's the thing though, but be, because the movie had a different doll. So if you take 18 different dolls and put them on like big dolls, you know, of all different sizes, looks, all of that, put the Annabelle, the real life Annabelle on the table and the movie Annabelle with the table and asked somebody who maybe had seen them of a preview for the movie, just kind of in passing or, you know, watching TV, whatnot. What, what would they say is haunted? Would they say this Annabelle is the haunted one or the movie Annabelle? They would probably, as they were picking through, touch that Annabelle without even thinking about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, that is how many true. people know that's what Annabelle actually looks like. Uh, I don't think a lot of people, honestly. Yeah. I, I, so. yeah, I don't know. It, this is kind of ironic because, it this might sound like bullshit Zach Baggins level bullshit but I swear to god I wasn't even thinking about Halloween when I started making this episode I literally because I, I kept thinking about the um the death chair we covered forever ago and I was like oh that's that's kind of fun you know I I really enjoyed that episode so I'm like looking at all these cursed items uh there's a mummy thing that was like really high on the totem pole i mean that one's still you know in the to do later list but uh but this one kept popping up and then i just i i knew quite a bit about it and then i kind of just wanted to look into it more and then now we're here and it's pretty much gonna be perfect uh for the halloween season (laughs) halloween is in danger of getting up thanksgiving got swallowed up by christmas Halloween is also in danger. I actually, today, uh, October 24th, I was able to buy Little Debbie Christmas trees from the local Fry's grocery store. I was super stoked, had one immediately when I got home. But then I kind of thought to myself, like, oh, shit, it's only October. You're not supposed to get these until, like, after Black Friday. And they're already in stores. You know what I say? Fuck Christmas. Um, so actually, real quick, last thing here before we get out of here. So uh, first off, congratulations to my sister, to the her new child. I'm an, uh, an uncle once again to beautiful Claire. Um, we were over at her house seeing the baby for the first time. And so my my mother brought this box of zebra cakes. OK, and I didn't I thought they were just zebra cakes. Right. You know, you get two in a pack, yep. whatever. And when I opened them, no, they weren't two in a pack. They were just one ginormous zebra cake. And I got to say, guys, life fucking changing. Mm. I have had, I know exactly what you're 
about. I have had that before. I will say I didn't like it as much really? because I'm a fan of the frost. Here's the thing. I'm a fan of the frosting on the outside and you get a lot more cake with those. Okay. So right. instead of the bite being like, I like to bite the edges first and then just pop the rest of my mouth because I didn't, uh, how should I put this? The tradition of it was ruined by having it be too big. Too possibly. big. Okay. So yeah, if you, per, if you like the cake part, like I do good, you know, they might be for you. If you don't, like Phil, maybe stick to the OG zebra cakes or whatever cakes you desire there. Um, but uh, all right, uh, all right, guys. If you want to contact us about your favorite little Debbie snack, where can they uh, do that, Phil? Well, they can hit us up on our email, uh, subliminaldpodcast at gmail We love to hear from everybody. Uh, thanks, everybody who is wondering about uh, the episode that we did previously, the Men in Black. Uh, we had some technical difficulties. Uh, you know, it did come out last Monday, so catch both of them. They were uh, really good episodes. Uh, we can also be. You can also hit us up on our. <laughs> Instagram subliminal deception podcast on IG same thing we love all the messages the likes if you have episode ideas it's a great place to you know hit us up and give us those ideas sometimes we do use them uh, Cody also has an Instagram account what is that Cody yeah you can follow me at Cody Zabub thank you for everyone who's followed me send me messages I greatly appreciate it the last thing we ask you guys to do is log on to iTunes leave a show five star view doesn't particularly matter what you say hit five stars type something in there hit submit you're done thank you to everyone who's taking time to do that for us if you're a Spotify listener it's even simpler just hit five stars hit submit and you are all done we greatly appreciate everyone who's taking the time to do that for us as well well, guys, I hope uh, maybe if you've heard about Annabelle or seen the movies, you needed a little clarity on where the actual origins of this thing came from. Now you have it. Happy Halloween, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. <laughs>